Ron and Anian. The one thing that people don't seem to have drilled through their head anymore is when you're on the road and you break down, three miles in bad shoes is an all. It could be 30 miles at that point. And three miles in sub-zero weather, you're dead. Doctor. Should I replace the battery? It's three and a half years old. It already lost the charge, completely went dead, which means I lose 10% of the cold cranking amps. Should you replace it? Yes. I think once it goes through a deep freeze cycle like that, I think it's foolish to hang on to it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... Welcome, start your engines, America, and everywhere else that you might be. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor at the helm, 855-560-9900. Here to kick off the pre-Valentine's Day edition of the Car Doctor, as uh, we tell you that we love each and every one of you, and uh, thanks for being there each and every week. We know you've got a lot of choices and a lot of places to be, and we appreciate the time you take being here with us uh, each week as we go through this two hours of automotive mania, trying to solve your problems, and uh, we learn from you, you learn from us, and it's a great deal for everyone involved. More information about us at cardoctorshow.com. Of course, there's a Facebook page, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, and uh, you can podcast this vis-a-vis the Car Doctor Show show.com website to um, get out to I believe it's Spreaker.com and um, away we go hello Michael how are you you good week uh, you already for you know you're a young guy you've you've got to have some dates lined up Valentine's Day coming up I, I told uh, Tom before thank God there's commercials about Valentine's Day or else I'd be in a lot of trouble with my girlfriend oh because you didn't you didn't know completely forgot okay well you know, thank God I know I know Tom's got things planned for Valentine's Day Tom no of course. Matter of fact, I was scheduled to be out of town on Valentine's Day. I changed my schedule because uh, otherwise me and the dog are sharing the couch. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, by the way, it is Valentine's Day. No, I'm only kidding. So, uh, listen, without any further ado, we got a lot going on. Let me, um, let's me let's get over and kick the garage doors open. Let's go over and talk to Lance in New York City, 2018 Toyota Corolla. Lance, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? How you doing? I got two quick questions. Um, first, the easy one. Uh, 2018 Corolla. I didn't buy the remote starter when I bought the car. I don't know why, but I didn't. Kind of wishing I did. Uh, I'd like to add it on. Do I go with the dealership to put one in, or do I go aftermarket? Well, I, I, I like the dealership stuff if I have a preference, Lance. And, and when I say that, just because you go to the dealer doesn't mean you're going to get the manufacturer alarm if you, or a remote start if you know what i'm saying uh you know sometimes mm-hmm. the dealers are, se- are selling an aftermarket version that you know through their dealership if toyota makes a toyota over-the-counter remote start kit that's what you want all right uh and and, and for the biggest reason is replacement parts in my mind, it's about replacement parts, and it's about repairing it three or four or five, six, seven, eight years down the road. I just purchased a brand new 2019 Silverado, Chevy Silverado, and I did the same thing. I saw what did I see that threw my mind off? I saw remote mirrors 
and somehow I read remote mirrors as remote start. It never even never even dawned on me. Um, you know, I got home and I went, wait, my key fob doesn't work. Or I saw a remote power door lock unlock. Something, you know, the trigger word was there, and my mind caught it, and I, I had to catch myself, and it didn't make sense. And I got home and I said, wait, I didn't put a remote start on the truck, which I couldn't have anyway because the truck was already built. But when I went back to the Chevy dealer, I had a choice. Did I want an aftermarket accessory, or did I want the real GM remote start and i was able to get the real gm remote start they put it in it was it was geez i thought it was reasonable it was under 400 bucks uh you know remote start gm the right kit and all they had to do was turn it on with software with the scan tool which a lot of this is now you know you you install the hardware the actual module and the the, the fobs and then you just program everything and with software it's it's not a big deal but the the point becomes that in time if that needs replacement parts you know, you can still get them as long as the manufacturer makes them. And I've got to think the manufacturer is going to make these things typically, you know, seven, eight, nine years, probably longer, because they, they replicate a lot of it over several different model years. So I, I kind of like the, right. the the manufacturer, if that makes sense. Okay. That, right. that was the easy one. Second question. No, the fun one. Um, I'm getting a clicking sound when I press down on my bread, my, my brake pedal. Inside the car or outside uh, the car? No, inside the car. It's like it sounds like in between a click and a little pop. Um, it started a couple of months ago. I figured, you know what? I'll bring it when I bring the car in for service. I'll have it looked at. Uh, I brought it in for service on Thursday. Uh, I got the regular service done. I told them about the the clicking sound. Um, the service manager called me out and said, "We took it for a ride. We definitely heard it. Um, we we're looking at it now." He says, I'm going to go test drive, test drive another 2018. Came back and told me that uh, he heard something similar in the other one, so not to worry. But he did find a scored rotor, so he, they replaced my rotors and gave me a you know, set of brake pads. I said, uh, okay. When I went back to my car, I have a dash cam. I said, let me check to see if they actually took the car for a test drive. Can I guess? Not my I mean, dash can, cam. Can, can, I, can I guess? They didn't take it for a yeah, test drive. Yeah, it was unplugged. Ride. Yeah, okay. Right. No, I was unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. What What do you think it is, and what should I do? Well, the first thing I I, I want to know is if if the other 2018 Corolla made a similar noise. Wouldn't it make Wouldn't it make sense to show you the customer? Hey, you know, listen, Lance. The, the they're all seem to be making this noise, and yes, we agree it is objectionable. Let us let's talk to the factory yeah. and see if we can come up with a solution instead of yeah we heard it don't worry about it boy that's not really comforting to me uh, you know so no, it's not. I I think that was handled badly and I think you know when you do your survey dealers rise and fall on surveys so when you do your survey of customer satisfaction you know you can you can mark it accordingly as you see fit so that's that's right. number one number two if an eighteen Corolla if they're all making this noise. And it's an objectionable, which to me it sounds objectionable. I don't want to be reminded I'm stepping on the brake every time I do. Then I think it's got to be a conversation with at least Toyota in California, you know, corporate. And they'll tell you to refer to the dealer at the local level, but at least you open up a case so that they're aware right. of it. And unfortunately, like many of us that own new cars, we find out that, you know, there are certain glitches and problems until we all start to complain that generates the numbers of complaints, that generates the numbers towards issuing either a technical bulletin about how to fix it or a recall. And that's where it starts. It's all a numbers game. For example, and I'm not saying these are the numbers, but if it takes 
50,000 people complaining about a 2018 Corolla with a clicking brake pedal, then they start to look at it. Then it takes another 30,000 complaining about a clicking brake pedal before they issue a bulletin, and then another 50,000 or 100,000 on top of that before it becomes a recall, and so on. It's all based on numbers. You know, it's it's sort of like what my mother told me. The squeaky wheel gets the attention. And, you know, we got to squeak a little, and that's really what it comes down to. I would look at it. I would crawl under there. You know, is it hitting a piece of trim? Is it that the linkage itself is clicking, or is the uh, is there a piece of wire loom, plastic valance, some sort of uh, pedal cover, you know, that's that's physically moving, clicking, touching, rubbing, that they didn't trim enough? Because Toyota's generally, let's face it, Toyota's a, generally a pretty good quality vehicle. I'm surprised to hear you're going through this. Uh, I do. Yeah, no, I I, I I crawled under it. I couldn't find anything. I you know ran my ran my hand up and down, but it's it's definitely it's almost like if the pedal uh, pedal were made in two pieces, it's like almost like one is loose, and when you press down, you get that little clicking sound from it moving. Right. It, it's it's definitely that, and it, it's it's. Kind of driving me a little crazy. I mean, I love the car. I'm getting you know the forty miles, forty miles to, um, uh, to, a, to forty miles to a gallon gas gas mileage on this thing. Right. It may not be. It may not. You know. It may not be in the pedal or the linkage. It could be in the booster, and it's just transmitting through to the pedal assembly too. So yeah, that's true too. You know, you may you just may not see it. So before, listen, I'll tell you the story this way. I I just redid the kitchen in my house, and I I bought a new I bought a new microwave. And, you know, the, the microwave is two weeks old, my, my great quality Samsung microwave, and now the door doesn't open. In order to open the door, in order to open the door of my microwave, I have to push the button and slide it over to pull the door out by hand. It's a, two pers- it's a two-hand operation now. It's really kind of frustrating. So I said, oh, let me take it apart. You know, it took every bit of my moral fiber not to take this apart because I'm like, I can fix this. I, you know, how hard can it be? It's just a, micro- it's just a microwave. I put it back on the shelf, and I called Samsung, and I'm going to take it into the warranty center and let them do their thing. And then when they can't fix it, I'll fix it. And you you got to kind of follow the same thing. you got to let them try and at least make an honest effort. I, I don't understand why they did pads and rotors. How many miles are on this car? Uh, it was just under 10,000. Right. 10,000 miles, and you've got scored rotors? Well, he said that way, so one of the rotors was scored. Was very lightly scored. Yeah. Well, so they said they were going to replace the rotors. Yeah. Why? Why, why would the rotors be that, scored that, that, at that mileage if you're not abusing it? Yeah, you know, that doesn't make any sense. I don't. No, I'm not more on the highway. I'm not. I'm not racing this car. Right. It's a Corolla. Right. It's a Corolla. That's what I mean. It's. So was that right. the, was that the appeasement to make Lance happy? Did they even do it? You know. So. I, again, I I I don't know, but it was, it's on the it's on the paperwork. Right. I think, I, you know, you may want to just take a peek at the rotors. You can tell if they're new. But I would tell you either go back and talk to the service manager again, call Toyota, or find a different dealership and start over because I don't think you're getting proper service. Just my two cents. So. I appreciate it. All right, sir. You take good care. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. 855-560-9900. Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. 
Hey, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor, we are back. Hey, kudos out to Motorrad. Given their core values of customer commitment, quality, integrity, Motorrad has developed a strong global presence since its establishment in 1958. Motorrad was recently honored. Listen to this deal. I keep telling you how good Motorrad stuff is. Motorrad was recently honored as Vendor of the Year at the Factory Motor Parts 2019 Vendor Gala, an event celebrating the positive revolts of transformational service, hard work, and global execution. In English, they're really doing a great job cranking out great product, and they are they are the OE equivalent. They are a great and wonderful product, Motorrad cooling system components, thermostats, radiator caps, and so on. So uh, we're very happy for them, and uh, we're very uh, proud to be part of their family as they sponsor us. And um, they, they, they work so hard to do what they do, and uh, they're getting the recognition for it. Uh, more information at um, at their website. I believe it's going to be uh, motorrad.com. So, uh, you know, tip the hat to Motorrad. Let's get over and talk to uh, Amish with his uh, 03 Lexus and uh, some oil smells. Welcome to the car, Doctor. How can I help? Hey, uh, Ron. Uh, it's Amish. Uh, I appreciate uh, your podcast. I do thank you and your entire crew. Thank you. I am a guy. Before two Christmases, I never did my oil change myself, and I had a gas station in New Hampshire for seven years, but I never worked on cars. Listening to you, and I bought a beat of Lexus last Christmas, and I did the timing belt, the water pump, the wall covers, and the whole line. Yet I can do anything except the engine and transmission carrying apart. Wow. So I thank you for teaching me all these tips. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, that. My background is I born and raised in India, electrical engineer in India. Moved to England 19 years age, and then I moved to U.S. after marriage 2010. I never worked on cars, and listening to you make me interested working on cars. I help out uh, friends and family who cannot afford the big repairs. Sell them out for free, and like, you know, doing the... Uh, church-going people or my Hindu community, the people who are like religious, I help them out, put it that way. Yeah. No charge. And uh, they're blessing me, the, the, you know, the whole nine yard. Well, and uh, it gives me more satisfaction fixing someone's car. But now my own car, I have this issue, I cannot put a point to it. So the problem is simple, like uh, whenever I turn the AC or heating, I have the smell coming uh, inside the cabin with burning oil. And listening to you a couple of times with this car, the one MZFE engine has that uh, leaky wild covers. Right. But it changed the wild cover gasket, but somehow I think I didn't do a good job because the leak is still there. So how do I go about doing it uh, again, or what uh, precautions I should take? Okay, so, so let me ask you this, Amish. When you say the leak is still there, is it that you're just getting the smell, or you still see wet on the exhaust manifold? I still see the the weather exhaust manifold. Not not like before, but it's still a little bit there. Okay. How how long has it been since you did this? So I did the the wild cover last Christmas. So it's almost a year now, and I'm getting lazy to fix my own car, but someone else's car will do it. <laughs> oh, you're getting to be like a real mechanic. So, <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's a fairly cut and dry repair. You changed you changed the gasket, the rubber gasket that goes around the the, the perimeter of the of the cover when you had it off. I did. I used the the, the Felpro one, the the the, the silicone ones. Yeah, they're they're of the OE. They were uh, they were blue, right? Blue, yes. Yeah, they're and they're okay. Um, are you sure all the bolts are tight? I did actually. I went ahead and put a washers, like tiny washers, to make it the, the 
talk better because the OE bolts on those wild cover gaskets are not that much straight. So when you put a bolt, it, it doesn't have that much uh, torque to it. So one of the YouTubers suggested that I should put a one washers to it, like three eighth size washers. So that way, that way I have more leverage for torquing them down. So well, now, 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 wait a minute. In the Felpro kit, they give you the gasket that goes around the outside of the cover. They give you the little round tube seals for the spark plugs. Right? I did replace those as well, yeah. Right. And then they should have given you a little package of silver washers. Did you see those in the kit? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. See, the one the kits I've used, they've always because the torque of the bolt, how tight those cover gaskets are is dependent upon that little there's a there should be a a shim washer or a stop washer as we call it that prevents her from over tightening because if you under tighten obviously it's going to leak if you over tighten and crush it down too much you can create a leak you'll actually you can you know warp the cover break the gasket you know cause a crack in it cause a failure or cause poor sealing I think I did that on much and much that we talking because I was so upset with that leaking. Right. <laughs> it's not going to leak again now. Right. But now it's still leaking. Right. It's, you know, and, and here's a good lesson for you, okay? Sometimes okay. in auto repair, auto repair is a lot like life. It's not how hard you hit. It's not how often you hit. Right. It's can you just hit it just right, just enough to make contact and just a little more, whatever the spec is. I, I'm, I'm going to say. I need to add that line to my Bible. Yeah, you know, it's like sometimes that's what God's trying to teach us, brother. Um, I, right. I, I, I think if I was to guess off the top of my head, I think the spec is roughly, I'm going to say 18 or 24 inch pounds torque on the bolts. It's not a lot. I might be wrong on that, okay. but I, be, I, I believe it to be an inch pound torque spec that has to be followed pretty religiously. So I'm going to tell you, get another kit, take it apart. Look for the leak where you think it is. If it's only the back, just do the back. If you want to redo the front, redo the front. But it's just very, very critical to follow that tightening sequence and torque spec when you do it. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Running in the car doctor, rolling along. Let's get on over and talk to Chuck in Texas, 094. Chucky, how's things down Texas way today? Welcome to the car doctor. Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. Good yep. to talk to you. You too, sir. What's going on? Uh, okay. Well, first off, before we get into the dope of it, I just want to say I'm sorry about the loss of your mom, but we both know that she's in a better place. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, You're you welcome, much. sir. So. Okay. Um, well, my 09 being 10 years old, I understand that's probably the life of the TM, TPM sensor batteries. Yeah, that's about it. Eight to, eight, eight to nine, okay. ten years, something like that. Okay, so what I got on my dash, it's messaging that um, fault. And it's not a low-pressure alert. It's just a fault. So I'm not getting a signal. I'm taking it's probably the furthest one away from the computer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it could be it could be it could be any of them, Chuck. It really could. You know, you can. There are some. There are tools out there, TPMS tools that'll measure which sensor. You know, it's and it's probably not a bad thing for somebody to have. There's probably used versions of them out on eBay if you want something. I'm sure there's things out there for a couple hundred bucks to just measure right. frequency and signal and help identify which sensor's acting up. But yeah, you're on the right. Okay, target, well. Though. 
I sent you some stuff, uh, I think, up to the car doctor. So you saw I found a set. I went to O'Reilly's, and I had the guy look it up, and he's getting, he gave me a video-ready sensor made by a Continental, I guess. Okay. Okay, they were good. But one, just one was like $65, and I about, you know, took a load in my pants. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm an eBayer, and I'm also a YouTuber, but I found a set. That's what I sent you on eBay, a whole set of four for $110. Okay. Um, now, my question is, when I buy these, do I need to do any special programming to the computer, or can I train it as through the training process when I put them in? Well, that's sort of a manufacturer question. More than likely, there's well, there's going to be programming, because you're going to have to learn each one of those sensors is going to have a unique identifier number to the tire pressure yeah. sensor module. So that number okay. has to be learned to the module and written into its memory. So, okay. and, and, and it's, a, it's a fair question. So what kind of a programmer does this company expect you to use? And that's really up to them. I've seen it where they provide the programmer of a one-time use in the kit. I've seen it where it requires the factory or a scan tool of some type. You know, I've seen all right. different versions and levels of it. You know, we happen to use a product at the shop from a company called X31. It's called the Ready Sensor. And what okay. it gives us the ability to do is we, we actually can clone or create our own sensors for right. any car it's it's really it's it's it's, yeah. it's it's kind of a neat system it's probably it might be what o'reilly's is is got you o'reilly auto parts has you looking at um in, in their quest one one thing i will tell you about tire pressure sensors chuck is that yeah. you're better off spending a little more money than less because you've got to think of it like this the factory original sensors lasted 10 right. years Correct. You know, there's 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 no rule that says that the sensors on eBay are you know have to last ten years or you know I mean, what are the reviews going to be? How would anybody know? Because tire pressure sensors are now just coming to the end of their life, and this cycle begins with replacement sensors. So, okay. uh, you know, just be wary. You know, you get what you pay for. I, I got you on that. Okay, so I guess then um, I'm going to have to. I, I I watched the video on YouTube. And exactly what you're saying, the guy took the original sensor, put it by the monitor, it learned it, and then he cloned it to a new one. Right. Okay, I saw that. Now, I can't do that unless I buy that freaking tool, or maybe O'Reilly's will let me borrow one. I don't know. Well, They're pretty well, good about that. Yeah, well, you know, why don't you talk to the guys at O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask them, listen, if I buy the four sensors from you, how do I program it? Think of it like this. Well, Ron, Go ahead. Ron, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess I'm putting the cart before the horse because I already, I already bought them on eBay. Oh, well, you can always. I sent you that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I think I, I'm not worried about that issue. No, I, the guy I know the manager at O'Reilly's really well. I mean, I'm a member, I'm a club member, and all that stuff. And they take care of me as a veteran. I get discounts, and I always get the coupons. That's great. But I guess my question is: second part of it is, I watched this thing on YouTube. I don't want to take much of your time. But what he did was, he took the tire off, laid it flat, took the Schrader valve out of the stem. Deflated the air out, and then he put a two by four about ten inches long along the tire against the rim, flat, and facing his bumper where the valve stem would be. And then he took another two by four on top of that under his bumper and pressed down onto the tire and pulled the bead away from the rim. Right to access the right. valve. Right, he he broke the re bead. Re right, he replaced it. Then he wetted the bead and he suck an air compressor to it and inflate it back up. Do you think that's a possible thing I can do, or do I have to have a tire machine? 
I think every tire is going to be different, Chuck. I really do. Not good. Yeah, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is, uh, you know, it's a hard question. You know, how how long since that tire had been deflated? Uh, how big of a tire was it? Was it bulging on the rim? Was it corroded to the rim? Although in Texas, nothing corrodes. It's not like New Jersey. Uh, you know, yeah, you might well, have to you, you you might have to have somebody break that tire down in order to get the sensor out. Well, I think I can handle it. I really do. I mean, the tires have only been on these uh, mag 20-inch uh, aluminum rims for a year, so they're new tires. Okay. Well, then, you know, listen, you won't know till you try. Worst case scenario, you got to approach this as a learning curve. Listen, you're trying, right, you're, right. You're, you're trying to do something with a minimal amount of tools. So, Correct. And less expense, right. Right. So the choices are you're to take it somewhere and say, here, put four sensors in the car, all right, in the truck, or you're going to take right. it, you know, you're going to buy the sensors, break it apart with two-by-fours, Try and then can you get them programmed? Now keep in mind what O'Reilly right. Auto Parts has to program their sensors may not necessarily work with yours. Correct. Your sensors may program and may require a specific tool such as that manufacturer decides. Got you. So you really should talk to the guy on eBay or whoever you whoever you purchase them from. And say, hey, how does how do these get programmed? If they don't give you an answer, then it's time to call the credit card company and cancel the deal and move on. Ten four, I got you on that. Well, right. I, I think I'm going to take a trip over to Rodgers and talk to Rico, the manager, who knows me well, and go. And then I'm going to do that. But and then I got to do front brakes. But everything uh, I sent you a picture of the truck, babe, is beautiful, yep, and I, I, I love it as yep. much as you do your '55. Yep. Trust me. So absolutely. Hey, listen, good to catch up with you. Let me go. I'm on a clock. But uh, we'll, right, Ron, we'll talk again real soon. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate you got it. it brother. You're very welcome. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor. We are here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. Lucy, the Wonder Dog, and I were in studio today. Lou, come over here. Come here. Come here, baby. Come here. Say hello to America. Here, see? Yeah. Okay, good. <clears throat> Ah, this dog has to learn that sound on radio is the most important thing. Let's go over and talk to Elizabeth in Maine, 90, no, I'm sorry, 01 Honda, 01 Honda Odyssey, looking to buy a new car. Elizabeth, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hi there, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. I You're really welcome. appreciate your uh, your show. I learn, I learn amazing things every week. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here for you. So. And actually, that subject is uh, is what I was originally calling for until I had a problem yesterday with that 01 Honda Odyssey. So if I may just switch over and ask you a specific uh, problem question sure. first. Sure, go ahead. I had an astonishing thing happen. Um, I've had the car for the van, minivan, for 11 years. Right. And after about six years, I ended up having to replace the front springs. Uh, we were doing a routine inspection the tech found it. I kind of was wondering, but I went out and looked, and sure enough, there was a big crack across the, the coil itself. So I had him replace it. That was probably six years ago. One year ago, I had both front springs break, one of them worse than the other, which punctured a tire, shredded it, and that was unbelievable. And I just had exactly the same thing happen yesterday. This is one year later. Wow. 13, 13 months. Yeah. I, I'm I'm speechless actually. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I'm out dealing with it right now with getting a tire. It's just like, what's going on with front springs, and is there a way to uh, like avoid this problem? This is crazy. 
you know, if, if you could see the look on my face, my eyebrows are touching the back of my neck. Uh, well, mine know, like, were too. Like, yesterday. wow. <laughs> uh, you know, um, well, let's, let's, let's listen. Uh, you you got to call them like you see them in baseball and auto repair. Part of the problem is where you live. All right. right, Maine, right. Is, Maine is the high salt concentration state. I mean, you guys dissolved the bridge in Bath, Maine. So, yeah. uh, you know, yes, if, if you, I, I, I laughed over that one last week. <laughs> if, if you can make a bridge fall down, anything's possible on a car. Right. So right. that's that's in there too. And then the second is, you know, quality of the parts. What parts are they using? Are they using Honda? Are they using, and you know, but I'm going to say, gee, Moog coils. You know, if it's a it's a Moog coil spring, Moog is a great aftermarket yes, company. Uh, yes, it was. The I would, last one. Yeah, Moog, M O O G. I would I would yes. call I would call them up in St. Louis and say, Hey, what's up? I I can't believe it. Within a year. Well, I, I tried that last year when right. uh, when it happened after the original replacement that I had done, and um, the parts company here was not able to get any satisfaction through the reps at all. They ended up actually. Uh, Goodwill gesture gave me a couple hundred dollars to cover, you know, all this stuff, which of course is, you know, not covering not everything enough. else. Sure. I, yeah. You know, because I'm putting in new struts and everything, all you struts, know, tires. Yeah, things. sure. Um, and so when it just happened again yesterday, I'm like, you know, that's why I mentioned, is there is there a class action lawsuit because this is happening all over the place, or is it not? Ha- my my mechanic did say they've seen a lot of this happening, and in fact, Fords were some of the worst for this. So. Is it bad steel? Is it Moog is not doing a good job? What do you? And by the way, there's not many miles on this. I drive it like an old lady, and I wash it with the under undercarriage wash like all the time. Right. So, right. You know, I, not I, like I haven't tried to take care of it. So. I'm going to tell you to take the VIN. Have you been out to nhtsa.gov? No. Go out to go. Out, we, well, NHTSA for short, National Highway Traffic Safety Authority, and okay, and NHTSA. Dot, it right now. Dot gov, and there'll be a place there where you can plug in the VIN that allows you to look up open recalls and possibly service campaigns on that vehicle. What's a service campaign? Never heard uh, of that. Well, a service campaign is what a recall is before it becomes a recall. Okay, great. It's, it's yep, kind of like when your mother said, "Get in the house," or you know, you're going to bed without supper. That's the moment before, and then, <laughs> when, you, then when you don't get in the house, you know, from play, and then you, you go to bed hungry. It's that moment. Okay. Um, so you know that'll that might be listed there. I had heard rumors that if they aren't there now, they were talking about it. They're trying to make people more aware of potential problems. The other thing I would do is I would Google um, Moog coil spring issues or Moog coil spring Hondas cracking failure things like that. Uh, Perfect, just 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 to see you, you know. You're not the only person having this, although I have to tell you, not that we do a lot of spring work. You know, we're in New Jersey, and we don't see a lot of failures like you do in Maine. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of this, but if you would also email me your 17-digit VIN, I'm going to do a little research on my own, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Okay, that's that's great, because it's such an unusual thing. I mean, when the first one was found, I thought that was unusual, but this is insane. Yeah, that's Uh, there's there's... Two two more times, one year apart. So I, I just I'm thinking, sure, I'll send you that info and see if, if there's anything that can be done. Because of course, there's so much collateral damage when this happens. Oh got, yeah. you know, and some, sometimes that, you have to replace two tires, not one, and alignments. And oh my gosh, that was know. that was fifteen hundred dollars worth of repair. So I can understand your pain. Let me just give you my email real quick, Elizabeth. Send it to Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. Spell out Doctor Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. And like I said, check the NHTSA website. And let's uh, let's plan to talk next week. Let's see where this is going. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor, coming back right after this. Welcome back. 
running the car doctor here, 855-560-9900 is the car doctor's 24-7 phone number. Use it, call it, leave a message if we're not on the air, and Tom Ray will call you back and get you in the next queue for the live broadcast. Let's go and talk to Mike in Minnesota, see what's going on here, 15F250. Mike, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Say, like, uh, yesterday on my radio, the RPR display was, uh, RPR active display was on, and the volume was very low and the volume control didn't adjust. So I stopped at the dealership and they wanted to schedule an appointment and I didn't really have time for that. So I, uh, I looked on YouTube and it showed a simple procedure to replace the fuse to reboot or reboot it. Just simply un- remove the fuse and reinstall the fuse. And that did the trick. And, uh, but today I have no left speakers. And I'm just wondering if that's associated or what else to check next. Touchscreen radio, Mike? No, it's uh, conventional. It's okay. XLT, so it's not the real fancy it's, it's not the It's not the real fancy thing. You know, yeah. the thing I don't like about pulling one singular fuse to reboot something is, without looking at a wiring diagram, I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, I don't know if one fuse does it. One fuse may power that, but not shut down something else, so it's an erratic failure, if you understand what I'm saying, and it needs to see a complete, okay. clean reboot. So this may be okay. a case where, and, and understand the consequences of what you're about to do. You know, if it were me, and I was stuck in this situation with no tools, and I had no choice, I would pull both battery cables off, key off, doors closed, key actually key out of the vehicle, all right, and I've gotten in the habit of saying it that way because if it's a smart key, whether this is or isn't, but for everyone else's sake, key out of the vehicle so we're, we're trying to, you know, calm down computers and modules. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disconnect both battery cables, and I'm going to leave them disconnected for 10 to 15 minutes. If, if, I have okay. the, if I have the ability to, and I could find a 10-ohm, 1-watt resistor and make up a jumper wire and put that between the battery cables, trying to bleed all the modules down slowly. Okay. Give it some. Give it a soft place to land, and then yep. and then after 15 minutes, you know, connect them up and let everything boot back up again. We 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 are we have become a nation of vehicles that has so much computer code in it that one singular fuse pull, one, you know, turn of the wrist the wrong way with a button sometimes, it seems, uh, makes some of these vehicles, they're just a little too buggy at times. I'll tell you a quick story. My wife's 18 Explorer, we just purchased a brand new 18 Explorer back in August, and I had a problem with the dash display. It was a touchscreen display that was doing something similar. Uh, she had, you know, the volume would lock up, then the navigation would lock up. I didn't lose speakers, but I was losing functionality, specifically of the radio control. And after some research, I did what I just described to you. My first step was going to be disconnecting the battery cables. That did it for me. My next step was going to be to see if there were any software updates, and then I was going to take it back to Ford. So sometimes they need a clean reboot, which makes me wonder how some of these cars are going to survive when we get down to the point where, we, as they get older, if we ever have to do a jump start. Oh, I can't imagine what that's going to be like with some of the computer cars today. So, But try that, Mike. See if a, a, a hard reboot like that, let it sit 10, 15 minutes, if that brings it back. If not, then it's got to go to the dealer. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Everyone.